0: Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hello, everybody. Morning. I'm kind of on a high I just got off of three hours in a row of coaching and then took a lunch break. And that's my kind of day, man. So today I wanted to start off with five little fun facts about me, because I was thinking I never get to show the fun, quirky, just like random Lizzie person side of me. I'm always talking about coaching and I'm talking about how awesome it is, which it is awesome. But I just wanted you guys to know that I'm a regular human being besides just an advocate for coaching and, and passionate about mental health postpartum. I also am just silly and fun and stuff. So here's a few things that you might want to know, or maybe you don't want to know. You can just skip this part. Okay. The first that I have to tell you is that Burt's bees is my favorite chapstick. They specifically their vanilla bean chapstick. And so if you've never tried Burt's Bees chapstick, it's a hundred percent natural lip balm. And the vanilla bean is my favorite. I don't know if you'd call it a flavor or a scent because you totally do kind of taste it when you put it on your lips, but I'm sure that's not the purpose of it. So it's probably a scent, not a flavor. Okay. Fact number two, I am obsessed with flowers I love them. I love having fresh flowers in my home. My phone case has flowers on it. Um, it's like a little cover from rifle paper company. I love papyrus and, and that paper company as well. Okay. I, that's kind of number three is that I really love fancy paper products. I don't buy them often, but I absolutely love looking at them. And once upon a time, I even, cause I'm a doodler, I even considered going into The creation of cards, like greeting cards, because I just love doodling and I love little flowers and simple little illustrations and I love cute fonts. So that's like number one, number two, number three, number four. And then fact number five is that I have three kids ages five and almost four and then a two year old. And I had three kids in four years and I absolutely love my kids. And I genuinely always have, but there were times when that love was covered up with a lot of resentment, frustration, uh, overwhelm, heartache, shame, a lot of shame. And so I have used a life coach for the last 19 months to totally recover my motherhood. My last depression episode, my last episode of postpartum depression was when my youngest, who is now two, was, uh, it, it started from when he was about five months old and lasted through eight months old. That was kind of the worst of it. And that was in February of 2018 through kind of April, February, March, April. So that is the last time that I've lived in postpartum depression. It really wasn't that long ago, folks. (laughs) It really wasn't. And that's when I found the work of life coaching. And that basically puts us at today. So without further ado, let's dive into misconception number one. My doctor is responsible for my health, including healing me from postpartum depression. Here was my mindset when I got help for my postpartum depression. My doctor knows everything and I should just do exactly what he says and not take into account my own body or what I actually want and what I think or feel intuitively. I shouldn't really complain or second guess him because he's in charge, he's the authority, he knows better than I do, I know nothing about this and so I shouldn't even try to figure it out or talk on the matter sort of vibe. Now, that was a little bit of an extreme of painting that picture of that mindset, but can you identify maybe with at least part of that? And if not, fabulous. But I know for me, I personally was very much of this mindset that I take a back seat and my doctor is the driver. Now, after I'd worked with a therapist and my doctor and done all that they could offer me, including the maximum dosage of antidepressants, I kind of had to give up that mindset. And I was forced into being more proactive with my own health and looking for my own solutions on my own. And that's how I found life coaching and actually got out of depression. Now, I am not saying to irresponsibly, completely don't listen to your doctor. I'm simply offering that Western medicine, just like Eastern medicine and medicine, is something that's created by human beings who have imperfect brains. And though science doesn't lie, human brains haven't captured all of science in all areas of health. We don't know everything yet. And I don't know if we ever will. About the human body, about the brain... About depression. And so I'm not saying be skeptical and don't listen to your doctor. I'm just saying that you've got to remember that just because somebody's wearing a white jacket and they have a title from a PhD, whatever, whatever, doesn't mean they hold the claim to any and all truth. Not saying that doctors even claim this, by the way. Most doctors and the best doctors are very well aware that they don't know everything, but sometimes us on the patient side of things, we tend to glorify and just make assumptions because it makes it easier for us. Frankly, I mean, I don't know that for sure within every case, but many times it's just easier, right? To just be like, okay, doctor, what do I do? Give me the pill. Give me the, whatever, whatever you say, we just delegate responsibility very subtly to the medical professionals in our lives. And we love those medical professionals and we're so grateful that they're there but they're not responsible for our health. We are, they're there to help us, but it's unhealthy for both parties. When either one of the parties doctor or patient thinks that the other is responsible for the patient's health doctors understand that you are responsible for your health and you got to understand that you're responsible for your health and you don't want to be responsible for the doctor's health. Just like the doctor doesn't want to be responsible for your health, because at the end of the day, it's just a system. The medical system is just there to help you get where you want to go You are at the helm of your ship. And don't confuse liable, that he's liable for how your health goes when he's caring for you and writing prescriptions, with responsibility. You are responsible. He's definitely liable for what he prescribes you and what he gives you and how he instructs you, but you ultimately are responsible for your health. All right, that one's done. I just got to say, I'm sorry if I get a little bit on my high horse about that. I apologize. I, um... I have had a lot of time to learn this lesson the hard way. And so if there's any fire in my voice, just understand that it comes from all the pain (laughs) that I experienced as a result of having the mindset that somebody else was responsible for my healing and my health. And honestly, this principle stands in everything I teach in life coaching, which is that you are responsible for how you feel because of the thoughts that create your feelings. And honestly, I don't think that depression is any exception to that. And I don't say that to make anyone feel guilty or bad. It's really just the most empowering thing because where you take full responsibility, you have the full capacity to heal and to feel differently and for change basically. All right. So number two, misconception number two is I just have to wait for this to pass. And honestly, this is not something that we think because we're lazy or we're not trying to take responsibility of our help. I think we genuinely just are so unfamiliar with how to get help, and we're in the depression many times. If that's you, that was me, and maybe you're not, hopefully you're not, but if you are, that's where I was that sometimes this is truly just what it feels like. It feels like our only option is we have to wait for it to pass. And sometimes our doctor or a well-intended therapist or somebody will tell us, well, you just got to wait it out. And now I'm not saying that's not true. You get to believe if you think that that's true. All of these quote unquote misconceptions are just offerings today, but the reality is, That I believe that you don't have to wait it out. And in fact, the moment you decide that you're not going to and that you're going to find something to help you to heal, you're already that much closer to healing. You're already that much more empowered because you're taking it into your hands. Now, some people will be afraid of this and they will feel very uncomfortable with this. And they will say, well, if you tell a depressed person that they can heal themselves and then they try and then they still aren't coming out of it, they're gonna feel so guilty and go commit suicide or something. And honestly, I get that. Like I get that sometimes depressed persons, including myself when I was depressed, can be in a bit of a fragile state but I'm not going to teach, I'm not going to not teach these things. I'm not going to withhold truths and things that I believe to be extremely helpful just because somebody somewhere might take it the wrong way. Like I can't control and I am not responsible for anybody's thoughts about my podcast. And so again, I say this because I've had people on social media be like, you can't say that people can believe that there's healing and try to find that and create that when they're in depression, because that could just ruin their day and da, 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 da. And I just, I'm sorry, but I don't agree with making decisions on what I teach out of fear. And I am here to teach as much as I can to free and empower people who are struggling in depression, who are heading towards depression, who are trying to get out of depression or the loved ones who support those who might be in those circumstances. And so for that reason, I do say these things. I say that a diagnosis is not destiny. It's not finality. It's not there forever. It doesn't have power over you. And just because a diagnosis doesn't have power over you doesn't mean that you don't take it seriously and that you don't look at your symptoms and get some help. But there's a fine line between like seeing a diagnosis and the symptoms and and treating it and getting help and then feeling powerless because of it. Your thoughts about depression and the diagnosis itself are going to play just as big of a role as your thoughts while you're in the depression. Your thoughts about the depression are just as important as your thoughts in the depression. And it's my belief that you are not your brain. And that there is your brain and it's where it's at and it's sick or it's in this certain funk. And then there's you and you are not your brain. And therefore, this illness doesn't have power over you. Whether you want to call you your spirit, your higher brain, whatever you want to reconcile that, however, whatever language you want to put on that, you can choose. But I just want to say, you are not your brain. We are not our brains. If that were true, I would have never been able to say, okay. I don't want to end my life and I don't want to hurt my children. And I'm going to look for another solution because X, Y, and Z isn't helping. If I could do that in a depressed state, it just leaves to question like, are we really under the influence of depression at every moment? Or is there a space between the depression and us? You are not your brain. Okay, misconception number three. If I get depressed, I can just get medicated. I hear this one a lot. I do hear people say this and do this where they just don't make any plans. And then if, or when, when depression hits, they just go get a pill. And honestly, sometimes that works and that is so great, but kind of not great. And here's why you never get to understand the thought patterns that likely pulled you down into depression, but played some role to some extent. Please don't hear this as me saying that anybody who has gotten on medication is somehow not invested in their mental health or whatever, or like that going on medication is a cop-out or something like that. I went on medication and it was very helpful the first time, once it was helpful. The second time we upped the dosage even, and it didn't help at all. And I think that is the limitation of medicine is that it doesn't change your thoughts it can help there be some more serotonin in your brain, but if you still have the tendency to tear yourself down or criticize yourself, or you still have the tendency to feel bad for yourself, like I was a big self-pity person. Self-pity was like my main emotion. And then I felt so much loneliness because I would convince myself like how sad and hard things were. And then I'd feel lonely because I was the only one suffering that way. or And I would cut myself off from resources simply because of my thinking. And medication just can't touch that. It really can't. And so it's not at all going to up level your brain waves in the sense like, like where you're hanging out mentally. I don't mean brain waves like scientifically, <laughs> I just mean kind of where you hang out mentally and your thought patterns are not going to change uh, on medication. And that is honestly the biggest protective factor going forward and in getting out of depression that you can do because thoughts create your feelings and feelings do the rest, your actions and your results. But depression is so much about feelings and we classify the diagnosis with feelings. And yet all of the way that we get to our feelings is through our thinking. So that's why coaching is such a powerful antidote with depression is that it gets to the root of all of your feelings and behavior is your thoughts. All right. Misconception number four. This is just my new normal. This is the most dangerous thought. This is the epitome of the frog in the warm water that turns to boiling water. So when things are starting to be kind of hard and you tell yourself, this is just my new normal, You cut yourself off from ever being able to realize that this could possibly be depression. And so if things are really hard postpartum, like to the point where you're just like, I did not expect this and this is so much harder and your husband's concerned about you and you don't have any sex drive. like If you just tell yourself this is the new normal, you're not going to go look at postpartum depression symptoms. You're not going to take yourself and get a checkup at the doctor. And this is what so many moms tell themselves the whole time they're falling into depression until they're too broken to even go get help. That's exactly what I did. I'm not kidding you. That is exactly what I did. I just thought this was how it was. And honestly, why could we, how could we know that this isn't the new normal? We've never done this before as new moms or even second time moms, We have never been every child we have is a new world going from one child to two children is totally different than going from zero to one and going from two children to three children is totally different than two to one to two. And so It's just something that we have to be very careful when we want to tell ourselves, this is the new normal and settle into a new normal where we feel like we're barely hanging on and we can't breathe. We don't want to eat. We're not interested in dessert. We don't want to have sex. We don't want to love our kids. Like we can't stop yelling at our kids and snapping at our kids. We can't stop imagining them falling into a pool and drowning and all the crazy things that go on in our head. And we think that's normal. Then we are also just keeping that as our reality. And so this is where I just want to implore you to fight for happy, to have a standard of feeling happy, or at least feeling like happy is within reach. If you want to tell yourself that postpartum, the new postpartum that you're in, whether it's your second, first, third, whatever, many children is just the new normal, and you feel miserable, that's totally up to you, but you don't have to do that. And it's possible that it isn't the new normal. I'm not suggesting that we should be feeling happy all the time. Postpartum. I think that goes without being said, that's kind of obvious, but I am just saying that telling yourself that this is the new normal is a great way to not go get help or to just not go double check and see, is this the new normal? Yeah. So when we take it into our own hands and our, our own minds to decide, oh, this is just what the new normal is, we could be wrong about that. And so I don't say you can never say that to yourself. Just, I, I add a word of caution when you want to tell yourself, this is the new normal, you could be lying to yourself. And then now you don't go get help for depression. Not only do you don't, do you not go get help, but you you're, blinders are on. You don't, you're not looking for the signs. You're not trying to catch it before it really gets bad. And when I say you, I say, we, I'm really talking about we, because this, again, this was me. And that's why I'm calling this out as a misconception, because it will take you right into the depression unknowingly. If you tell yourself that, Oh, this is just my new normal. Darn it. I guess it's just really hard and it sucks. And I don't ever want to do anything and it's miserable. So careful with that one. All right. Misconception number five. If I go into my doctor's office and tell him about the thoughts I've been having or about how I've been feeling or that I don't want to eat or whatever, then I'm going to get medicated. And I know a lot of women who don't want to go get medication or who are just afraid of it and are not sure yet. But are concerned about themselves or their husbands are concerned or there's somebody's concerned and they're thinking about going into the doctor one of the reasons they don't is because they're afraid if they do they will have to get on medication and i just want you to know that that's so not true like i said earlier your health is your responsibility and if that even were to be true and your doctor were to say no you need to be medicated i don't feel comfortable with you leaving this office not having a prescription you could totally just go find another doctor you realize that, right? There's these motorcycles that pass by my house from time to time. I live by kind of a big road and I'm so over it. I'm sorry if you keep hearing them, but sometimes it's like right in the middle of me talking and I'm not going to go back every single time and fix it. Just know that it's not flatulence, okay? All right, so this is just your friendly reminder to wrap up misconception number 5 that you cannot be forced to get on medication, at least not at your OBGYN's office. So Definitely consider going in and just know that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And if you really don't want to get on medication and maybe your doctor thinks you need it, or you are suspecting you might, first of all, just go into your doctor and talk to him about it. Have a discussion. Second of all, coaching might be a great fit for you. Okay. So I'm just going to say, if that's you, definitely book a consult and see if we can do this. Like if this is, I, I mean, most likely we can, but again, I like to just double check. That's why I do that hour long consult to see where you're at on your journey. All right. Misconception number six. If I'm past the six week checkup, then I'm good. Postpartum depression can happen. Like if you have depression within the first year of having a baby, it's technically postpartum depression. So within that first 12 months, within 12 months, up until your baby is 12 months old, postpartum depression is something that you want to be looking for. For me, it usually happens at about five months, three to five months. And then it lasts for about two or three. And, um, so you've, if you've never had a baby before, if this is your first baby, just know that up to 12 months, it can hit. And also it happens with different babies, not just your first. And if you don't have it on your first, then it will never happen. It can happen after your third, when it hasn't happened after your first or second. For me, it happened after my second and third, but not my first. Now here is something I have to say as a coach that I don't like to pretend like Depression is completely out of our control. I know people just want to say, and even I just said like, oh, it hits at this time and this time, but really there is a common denominator after every baby you have in the postpartum period, which is your thinking patterns, the way you think about the world and the things you tell yourself, um, and the ways that you deal with hard times and the ways that you go about being sleep deprived and what your thoughts do when you're sleep deprived all these things do have an effect. And so that's why I just think coaching is a great option if you're struggling in it or before it or after it, because you can literally have the most power over the future by getting your thoughts in order. Now, whether you're trying to work out of depression, heal from depression or keep it from coming, all of that is going to be so much more doable when you learn how to separate out thoughts from circumstances. How to understand that circumstances are neutral. They don't have the ability to create feelings within you. Your thoughts do that, but our human brain ties in our thoughts to our circumstances, boom, all in one. And so to us, it seems like a tree is just beautiful. It seems like the truth, but the reality is a tree is just a tree. It's there. And the human brain makes meaning. It creates meaning and feeling. And the whole experience is had by our thoughts, by our brain thinking a thought. Okay. And this was totally new to me. And I love teaching this because it's so, so, so exciting. And this is just so freeing because for me, I'll give you an example. When I was depressed, the circumstance that I thought was causing my overwhelm and my shame and my anger and my rage were my children. I thought they were. Causing that. And that's one of the reasons I chose to remove myself from them. But as I was away from them and I listened to a life coaching podcast, I learned that circumstances don't have the capacity to create emotions in us. Our feelings, sorry, our children don't have the ability to make us feel something, not even with a tantrum on the floor. Because between every circumstance, everything that we see and hear, everything outside of us in our lives, Our brain thinks a thought about it that creates the feeling, the sensation in our body. So that is it for today. And that is the main takeaway. That is the ultimate work that I do with my clients is really helping them take back control over how they feel, come into a place of power and responsibility. And part of doing that is truly getting some of these misconceptions out of the way So I thought that would be helpful for today, but no matter what you think or don't think, whether you believe all of the things that I addressed today or none of them, coaching is always going to be something that I advocate for postpartum depression because it helps. It is powerful because it gets to the root of all feelings and actions and results, which is our thoughts. All right, you guys, bye-bye. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Wait, not leaving yet. Just want to say I'm on Instagram at Lizzie Langston and the outro to this podcast is in the process of being updated. So no, there's no Facebook group and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. And if you're wanting to get more involved with these topics, you can join my Facebook group for even more discussion, fun, live Q and a sessions, getting to know other moms and wellness ideas. We're at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wake up your wellness. All one word. Be well, my friends, and I will see you there.